Uh, it was great that Kate prayed for us, but I'd like to pray for us as well and to pray for myself before we continue. So please, bow your heads and join with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your words uh, given to us, uh, written by man through you, so that we can understand who you are, so that we can understand our relationship to you. Please um, help us to understand your words to us this evening. Please help us to understand who you are in this passage and how we can apply it to our lives appropriately. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so this week uh, we're going to kind of cover two whole chapters of the Bible. I know that's right. We're going to cap- we're going to cover Genesis chapters seven and eight. Uh, and in these chapters, we have the story of Noah and his big boat. Who's heard of this story before? Noah and his big boat, also known as an ark. I like big boat. It makes the story sound really fun. Um, we're also going to see, especially today, how Noah's big boat begins to float. Can you guys all say that? Noah's big boat begins to float. <laughs> I had a lot of fun writing that down on paper and then saying it and practicing it. It's just so fun. Um, who remembers? Who was here last week? Who was here last week? Show of hands. Lots of people. There were lots of people there last week. Well, last week, Isaac, youth pastor Isaac, talked about how sin was completely a part of the world. We're told in Genesis chapter 6, the sixth chapter of the whole Bible, the chapter just before what we're going to look at today, that the wickedness of the human race, in other words, the wickedness of humans, was so great. In other words, people were so bad, they were so simple, they were so broken, that God had to intervene. Because, as it says, every inclination of the human heart was only evil all the time. And so God decides to start again. He looks at the world and he's like, you know what? We're going to restart that. We're going to try again. Has anybody here ever made something and thought it was going to turn out amazing and then it just really didn't? Yeah. Uh, and then you were kind of like, you know what? There is no way I can save this. There's absolutely no way that this thing I've created can be redeemed. And so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have to start again. Uh, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. Um, I've been engaged for a while now to Kate, one of your leaders. Uh, that's not the secret. But on Valentine's Day, we thought it would be really romantic if we painted uh, portraits of each other. Uh, and, and really what we learned through this process uh, was that I am terrible at painting. Uh, and I thought it was going well at first. Like I, I drew the outline by pencil. I thought it was going really well. Uh, and then it just, it just went downhill once I started having to apply paint. Uh, to the picture, which is kind of a crucial part of painting. Uh, this image that I tried to make um, was just not turning out. And so I, I contemplated starting again, but of course I couldn't. And so I'm actually contemplating burning it uh, at the moment, which is a little terrifying. Uh, I still have it, uh, revolving from that urge. But I imagine that that's similar to how God feels in this moment, right? He looks at the world and it's just not gone away. But the thing is, the difference here is that when I did that painting, it was entirely my own fault. Uh, but imagine if it was perhaps the canvas's fault, or perhaps the paints were off or something. Uh, it's not a perfect analogy, but you kind of get the idea that humanity, sorry, my pages 
of running away from me and steadily shrinking was broken. Right? So we had to start again. Except uh, there was one redeeming aspect to the creation that God had made. Uh, and then we were told from last week that there was this man named Noah. Everybody heard of Noah? Yes. Yeah? Some people, some people might not have, and that's fine. But Noah, we're told, is a righteous man. A man who follows God in a world where there is no one else following God. He is following God and he is the only one. Noah listens to what God has to say and he builds his big boat. Right? It's a very big boat. And that's where we pick up our story today. That's where we pick up our story today. This boat, this ark, in fact, has been built. And the day of destruction is drawing near. Uh, and we have two whole chapters of the Bible today. Uh, and I think the Bible is, in fact, the best way of understanding itself. So what we're going to do is we're going to read all of chapters 7 and 8. It's going to take up most of our talk time tonight. Uh, and I think that's good. I think it's good to sit in God's Word and give you guys a chance to listen to it for yourselves. So it's going to be up on the screen behind me. I encourage you not to look at it on your phone. Um, if you must, just listen, but feel free to read along. I'm going to read chapters 7 and 8 of Genesis and the story of Noah, his big boat, and how that boat begins to float. This is chapter 7. The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate. And also, take seven kinds of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature that I have made. And so Noah did all that the Lord commanded. Noah was six hundred years old when the floodwaters came on the earth. Let's remember that number. He's six hundred years old. That helps with our timelines. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. And of course, pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds and of all creatures that grew along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days that God had told Noah about, the flood waters came on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were opened, and rain fell on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. On that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Names, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind. Everything with wings. 
heirs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them, came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals were going in, they were male and female of every living thing, just as God had commanded Noah. And then the Lord shut him in. The Lord shut the gates of the ark. For forty days the flood kept coming on the earth, and as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of that water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 15 cubits. To just take it as a very big distance. Every living thing that moved on land perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, and all the creatures that swarm over the earth, and all of mankind. Everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. People and animals and the creatures that moved on the ground, even the birds, were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was saved, and those with him in the ark. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days. Is that about half a year? But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And so he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed, and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth, and at the end of the 150 days, the water had gone. And on the 17th day of the seventh month, July, on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. And the waters continued to recede, although the boat had stopped floating. The waters continued to recede until the tenth month. And on the first day of the tenth month, the tops of the mountains became visible. After 40 days, Noah opened a window, just a little window in his ark, and he sends out a raven. And it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. And then he sent a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could find nowhere to perch because there was water still over all the surface of the earth. And so the dove returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand, took the dove, and brought it to himself in the ark. And so he waited seven more days, one more week. And then he sends the dove out again. Again he sent out the dove from the ark. And when the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive And then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. But he still waited seven more days, and then he sent the dove out again, and this time the dove didn't come back. So by the first day of the first month of Noah's 601st year, how old was he when he got the boat? 600, he's now 601. The water had finally dried up from the earth. 
Noah removes the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. And by the 27th day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. And then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and their wives, bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, all the creatures that move along the ground, so that they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah came out, together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, and all the animals and all the creatures, that move along the ground on the birds. Everything that moves on the land came out of the ark, one kind after another. And then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and the clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings. And God makes a promise to Noah in return, and we're going to hear about that promise next week. But for now, everyone take your right hand and lift it up over your left shoulder and pat yourselves on the back. Good job. We just read two chapters of the Bible. Well done. Good job on getting through that story, right? It's a bit of a, a long one, uh, but I suppose, and you guys can be thinking about this now in your minds, if we were to shorten that story a little bit, right? There's probably some bits in there that you haven't heard before, because oftentimes in Sunday school or kids' church or waves, the story's a little shorter. Right? It goes something a little bit like this. God tells Noah to build a boat. So Noah builds a boat. Then God tells Noah to get on the boat. And so Noah gets on the boat. And then the boat begins to float. And it floats for a long time. And then the water stops being a thing. And so Noah sends out these tester birds. He sends out these birds to see if it's safe to leave the ark. And so eventually, Noah and his family and the animals, they get to get off the boat. Noah and his family, they get off the boat, right? Because the ground's dry. And so Noah praises God and offers sacrifices to him. And so God promises not to do that again. He's not going to flood the world. But throughout all of it, We've used a lot of our time, and I think it's important, but throughout all of that, throughout that entire story, there are two constants, two things that we see happening over and over again, and that is that Noah obeys God. And in response, God is there for Noah. You see, God looks at this fallen, broken world that Isaac told us about last week, and he decides to do it all over again. But then there's Noah. This righteous man who obeys God, and this righteous man, God chooses to save. And it's a bit hard to kind of wrap our heads around, right? It's a bit hard to think, well, why? Why not? But the great thing about the Bible is that we don't just have the book of Genesis, we have the entire rest of the Bible. It's not just a history textbook as well. We have the rest of the Bible to help us understand the parts that we're reading, and the bits of the Bible that we read are not just for a history lesson. Right? I'm not telling you about World War II, I'm not telling you about Alexander the Great. We're reading from God's Word. It's more than just facts and figures. It tells us something about our relationship with God and how we should live as a response. 
And so, it is worth asking the question, why Noah? At first glance, it appears to be his actions. Right? Was it Noah's actions that saved him? It seems like that, right? Was Noah saved because of what he did? Uh, those of you who have been coming to the store for a while will know that that question sounds a bit off. Right? Was Noah saved because of something that he did? Uh, but in this case, uh, if we take it on a literal level, I suppose yes. In a way, Noah's obedience to God led to him building the ark, and the ark was the means by which he was saved. But if we take it a step back, God still had to choose Noah and give him the information in the first place so that he could actually build a boat. So again, we're left with the question, why was Noah saved? Well, it says that Noah was a righteous man. What does that actually mean? What does it mean to be a righteous person, right? Well, thank God that the Bible is the inspired word of God, and like I said before, we have access to the rest of it. Um, we have access to something called the New Testament as well. And that helps us make sense of some of the stuff that we read in the Old Testament. Because you can't just look at it here and hope to get an understanding of the function of the entire body. And in the same way, we're going to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, specifically, we're going to look first at verse 7. You can jump forward one slide while we're looking. Just the last verse of this little reading. And we're going to hear about Noah once more. Noah comes up again in the New Testament in Hebrews. And it tells us that by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. So from reading this verse in Hebrews, we can actually deepen our understanding of what is happening in Genesis. And this is kind of a useful lesson for you guys. When you're reading the Bible in your own time, don't just read one verse and hope to be able to apply that straight to your life. You need to look at it as a whole. And from reading this verse in Hebrews, we can see that it's not Noah's actions that saved him, but rather this other thing called faith. Now we talk about the word faith a lot, but what is faith? And thankfully again in Hebrews, in verse 1, I'll get lovely, jump back a slide, verses 1 and 2, we get, actually more 1, 2 and 3, we get an understanding of what faith actually is. Father Australia gives us a definition. It's really handy. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. That is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we can understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen is not made out of what was visible. Noah wasn't saved because of the things that he did, because of doing the right thing. But rather, Noah was saved because he had faith. He had confidence in the grace of God. He had confidence that God cared about him. He had confidence that God existed. He had confidence 
in the things that he could not see. He had confidence in God, and he trusted God. He had complete trust. And all of those things combined to mean the word faith, and that faith led him to act upon what he believed. His faith led to him living a life which relied upon God, and so he spent years of his life building a boat. Because that's what God had told him to do. And as we'll see next week, though, no one is perfect. But for the purposes of today, he does seem to do everything right. God tells him to do something. He, God warns him about a danger that is coming and gives him a way out. And so Noah understandably says, Okay, I don't want to die. I'm going to build a boat, God. Noah had faith. And so what about us? Well, don't uh, choose uh, wood tech in year 11 and 12 and build a boat as your name work for you. That's not what the take home is. Don't go and build boats that float. Right? I mean, you can do that if you want. I'm not going to tell you much. But the takeaway from this passage is clearly not to build boats. Right? And it's clearly not just that, oh, well, we're not going to have a worldwide flood. That's not the takeaway. I think the takeaway here is that God had a plan to save Noah. And Noah had faith and wanted to be a part of that plan. And so for us, I want to say, do you have faith in God's plan to save you? For Noah, he built an ark to escape an oncoming flood. But for us, sin is still a part of this world. The flood of Noah's day didn't actually solve anything, unfortunately. Sin was still all present in the hearts of all men and women. You're not excluded from this one, please. Noah built an ark. He had faith. And so, are you willing to have faith in God's plan to save you? His plan through Jesus. Do you believe in Jesus? If you have no idea what I'm talking about, or if you're like, you know what, I don't actually have faith in Jesus. I don't actually have confidence in the things that I can't see. I don't actually trust Him. I don't trust His plan for my life. If that's you tonight, then I encourage you to talk to one of your leaders today. And above all, I encourage you to talk to God. Because we need to get on board with God's plan to save us before we can do anything else. And the second thing, if you're like, you know what, actually, Sam, I do have faith. I do have faith in God's plan to save me. I have confidence in His plan. Um, my next question to you is are you living like it? Are you living out that faith? Because it would have been absolutely pointless for Noah to say, okay, God, yeah, flood's coming. Got to build a boat, I guess, and then just to not build a boat. That would have been absolutely insane to have faith and then not act upon that faith. It took Noah tens of years to build the ark, all in a society that would have been looking at him this whole time and being like, dude, what are you doing? You're just building this massive boat on the dry land. What are you doing? 
And so, brothers and sisters, are you working on building your relationship and your understanding of Christ? Are you willing to get on board with where his plan for salvation might take? And then the last thing, uh, this is like a little tidbit you guys can discuss more in your response groups, is that Noah was called to save not just himself, but also the animals and his family. And it might be a bit of a stretch, but for you and me, we're not just called to save ourselves. Once we are saved, once we're a part of God's plan for salvation, we're then also told to invite others to be a part of it as well. And that's part of what we're doing here at the store. We're inviting you guys to be a part of God's plan to save you. Do you have faith in God? Do you have faith in his plan to save you? If so, are you living like it? And if you're living like it, awesome, but are you sharing it with other people? Let's pray and we're going to break up and go to Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you chose to save Noah. You gave us all a second chance. And thank you that you chose to save us through the death of your son Jesus. So that we might be saved from our sin. We might have eternal life with you. Please help us to accept that word. Please help us to come to you um, repentant and humble so that we might know you better. In your son's name we pray. Amen.